in a bed. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to A Book in a Bev. This week we have Brani, Ellie and Georgia here. Claire is away, as we said last episode, working on herself, getting that education. We oh, love damn, she is like hustling hard. That is, that, yeah, she is. So this week we are covering priest by sierra simone i think sierra yeah and all i have to say is welcome to church with daddy bell because indeed this oh no it is it, it's one of my favorite smart books so there's a dribble, there's a dribble of plot in there just a dribble somewhere <laughs> but we're not here to love this one like we love Akhtar or Evelyn Hugo. No. We're here to want to join a church to find a priest who can fuck us like Father Bell. <laughs> okay? Okay. Great. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> a great, smart author. And she honestly did a really good job at actually making, like, not an absolute terrible plot because a lot of the smart books that we read, they just, there's what plot? Where? Where? So she did a good job in my books. I actually really enjoy this book. That's why I bought the physical copy as well as the audio book and the Kindle. Oh, gee, gosh. I cannot imagine listening to an audio book of this. That stresses me out. It was very good. <laughs> so let's get into it. What are we all drinking today, ladies? I am drinking a Jack and Coke because father loves whiskey. And this whole episode is gonna be me just stressing the fuck out. I normally, I normally, I feel like I'm good with like smut, but I feel like I'm delicate, and I'm like, ooh. To get me through, I I have to drink my wine because, like, I know it's not really relevant to the book, but I'm gonna need to be a little bit tipsy to discuss this, and I'm gonna need something I can drink very easily. So that is it. Look, I am drinking vodka and lemonade because I need to die. That's- <laughs> Before we get into this, we have family members that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Everyone, turn it off. Turn it off. I'm looking Grandma. at you, Tracy. Grandma, don't listen to this episode. No, no. Tracy, <laughs> Hazel, and Julie, get the fuck out. You're not wanted this week. Next week, come back. No, don't do it. I found out on the weekend that my grandpa listens to the podcast. I like, appreciate you supporting my endeavours, but this is not the place for you. <laughs> so I call him Chicken Pie. Chicken Pie, if you're listening to this, turn it off now. Turn it off. Turn it off. In other episodes, we've said we'll step foot in a church and we will combust. And if anything's going to prove it, it's going to be that this episode. I love my notes are literally, dear God, Georgia, literally. <laughs> we were warned. And the warnings were, in fact, accurate. <laughs> this book did have, like we said, it had some plot, but the plot was definitely in the passenger seat to the epic amount of smut in this book. But if I am going to highlight, I mean, the smut's going to steal the show, but if I'm going to give the plot some attention right now, I did like the way that Tyler was very much committed to trying to correct the errors in society committed by religious bodies that were the cause of his sister's death. He seemed very committed to that for a while. And then he struggles to reconcile like his wants and desires and goals with his faith, which is very relatable. And I did like that part of the story. But again, let's be honest, this is a smut fest and I'm here for it. Well, wow. This book was a lot. Look, it's not my usual jam, I'll say that. There wasn't a whole lot of romance to get invested in. I think the whole relationship lasted, what, six weeks? That There was no real getting to know you. It was just body parts in places. But I did enjoy it. 
that being said, and the religious aspect was giving me flashbacks to like my primary school chapel and all of the crappy like religious hymns that you have to sing. I was a youth leader up until like 2013, so I very much remember the hymns. Yeah, we never really had a Father Bell attend. <laughs> stuffy old white man who smelt a bit weird. Um, it would have been probably problematic if you did have a Father Bell in, in primary It would have been. It probably would have been, not going to lie. I will say there was uh, some smart moments throughout the book that were an immediate no for me, just straight up. didn't think they were logistically practicable, like things in places where they probably shouldn't have been without preparedness prior. Just made me a little bit uncomfy, but we'll get into that. So I am the smart queen. And up until this point, I have been gripping onto the slight smart that has been within the books that we have been covering. But now... It is my time to shine. <laughs> Again, a dribble of plot, just a dribble of it, and a whole lot of fuck. <laughs> so this book is, it's heavy. It's its a heavy smart book and it's probably one of, as I said, the only ones that I am like, it's got a bit of plot, enough to keep me going, and it's also got a whole lot of sex, which is just exactly what I want in a book. Even though this book was a little far-fetched at times, it was still a good book. And Sierra made it easy to follow along with. And even with the absolutely outrageous amount of smart, it was still overall very enjoyable for moi. Take Me to Church by Hosea. It's got a whole new meaning after this book. Honestly. Here we are. We start with an author's note. So before we jump straight into this much, there's an author's note at the beginning of the book that touches on Sierra's history with Catholicism. Um, basically, she spent the majority of her life in the Catholic faith, although she's no longer Catholic, and she says, this novel is about a Catholic priest falling in love. There is sex, more sex, and definitely some blasphemy. The fun kind, you've been warned. So that author's note, I was like, oh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Georgia always hypes up about the author's notes at the beginning and I was like, here we go. I do. <laughs> and then we jump into the prologue, which is just, you know, a little introduction to Father Bell. But it ends with, several months ago, I broke my vow of celibacy on the altar of my own church and God help me, I would do it again. And then at the end it goes, I am a priest and this is my confession. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> the hell. Indeed. So we start off, we meet Daddy Bell. He is a father in the in a Catholic church in St. Margaret's Church in Western Missouri. He also is basically, he's in, he calls it the ancient booth of death, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the confessional booth. And he's talking to an usual person who, who attends the church and he goes to leave and then someone else steps into the into the booth and he's like, oh, who is this? And it's a woman. We get a snowball of info, basically. Tyler Bell is late 20s. He's clearly hot as fuck. And yes, I would join a church because of this. I would. And I'm going to hell and it's fine. We So we meet Father Bell. We're introduced to this female character. Who is she? We don't know. That's the whole point of a confessional. You're not meant to know, Tyler. Meant to know. You're not meant to know, Priest. Tyler. Again, I'm picturing a young Henry Cavill. But, and what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I didn't picture Henry Cavill. I pictured um, Scott Eastwood. Thank you, Scott, for your service. Oh, 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 he's only 35. That's only 10 years. That's all right. <laughs> 
Ellie's just sending the wine. She's like, <laughs> She's like yeah, yeah, I'm down two glasses already. We've She's barely like, started. We're on page two of our notes. Oh, fucking hell. So Father Bell is like, oh, She's got a husky, beautiful voice and oh my shit, I'm turned on by her voice. And he's having this internal monologue. And this is one of the good things about this entire book is his his internal monologue. And he says, clench those legs, ladies. I was still very much a man, a man who liked to fuck a lot before he heard the call. (laughs) And tell me more. Part of what I love is this man's honesty and also his internal monologue, like we just said. Like, he's very conflicted. He's like, oh, I'm trying to do all the right things. Silly old me. I was like, oh, look how thoughtful he is. She's like, oh, gosh, you know, oh, I don't know about this. And he's like, you aren't stupid. This isn't a contract. This isn't you promising to come to Mass every week for the rest of your life. This is a moment that you can be heard by me, by God, maybe even by yourself. You came in here because you were looking for that moment and I can give it to you. So please stay. And I mean, yes, he can give it to you, but it's not going to be in the way you think, Poppy. (laughs) She basically gives us her confession. We find out that she's a very spicy gal. And while our dear daddy father is freaking out, the fuck out I'm also freaking the fuck out she's worked in an exclusive club and that she did things that you know you probably shouldn't like and he is literally like holy shit Tyler what the fuck because he's getting turned on and I'm like yeah what the fuck Tyler pull it together man are you saying you've never heard a hot voice before in your life and then we start having this little this little lamb moment as well which I cannot get behind no because it was like twilight on steroids literally science of the lambs type shit like absolutely Absolutely. That's terrifying. It was giving me, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a sick masochistic lion. And I was like, no, I've evolved more than this. For me, I have a little lamb soft toy that my daughter plays with. My daughter, who was also going to be named Poppy for a while. (laughs) Oh, no. Thank God she is not. This book would have scarred you. I couldn't have read it. So there's a quote here that I loved, which is, now it was only the thin line of my self-control that kept me from bending her over a pew and spanking that creamy white ass for making me hard when I didn't want to be, for making me think about her naughty mouth when I should have been thinking about her eternal soul. Ellie, just you saying this is like everything for me. (laughs) It's sort of like you've had one conversation with the woman. One. One. So as we come to find out, Tyler's self-control is basically non-existent. Yeah, literally someone <laughs> with his next quote, which is, I want my dick in that mouth. I want that mouth crying my name. I want, I look towards the front of the church, towards the crucifix. Help me. I prayed silently. <laughs> this man is so conflicted and he is stressed. He is struggling hard. So much. he's literally like, her eyelashes made me hard. That was a new benchmark for me, I had to admit. What? Self-awareness. As much as he's struggling and I'm like, dude, you need to put it together. He's also very self-aware a lot of the time in this book. And I'll literally be having the thought where I'm like, what the fuck, man? And then he literally thinks, what the fuck, man? (laughs) So basically, like, she comes and she's like, oh, God, oh, God. And then they walk out and he exits the confessional as she does and he sees her. And that's when he's like, oh, her mouth. I want my dick in that mouth. (laughs) He's stressed. Yeah, he's so stressed. So he's seen her now. And as hot as 
daddy father is. He wears boxer briefs and I can't abide that. While we jump back and Tyler's like pulling it together, he's like, I am a priest. I have commitments. I have taken a vow of celibacy and I'm trying to heal my community. We get all these hints that something has happened to his community and that's why he is there as a priest. He's trying to heal the wounds of the past and he's trying to pull himself together. And we have this moment where he's talking and he's like, I wanted to be the epitome of sexual purity for my congregation. I wanted them to trust the church again. I wanted to erase the marks made on God's name by awful men. And this moment was very conflicting for me. A lot of the religious aspects in this whole book are very conflicting for me. Because it's like, yes, make the past right. Fix the mistakes. Help people heal. But I also really hate purity teaching. Yeah, I think the whole thing on religion in this book was meant conflicting for everyone. I think that's what she meant. Mm. True. <laughs> But anyone who has had grown up with this faith is like, oh, fuck, this is confronting. <laughs> anyway, Tyler then goes home to see his family and we learn about his history with his sister. Basically, he describes the moment where he found her in the garage after she killed herself when she was a teenager. And it was a pretty heavy turn away from eyelashes making him hard. Yeah. Hard left. And, yeah, really, no one should ever have to come across a scene like that, let alone a loved one and... You know, ironically, that's generally the case in these types of things. So not a good time. Got this sprinkling of the history of what he's gone through, the trauma, the why he became a priest, the why he's where he is. We also meet his brothers and his brothers are getting all hyped because one of them has been invited to this like super secret club party thing. And I definitely thought that was going to be like you saw the brothers seeing Poppy, but that never, Mm. never happened. But his brother makes the comment. And it's, I bet I could put some of that anointing of the sick oil to good use. Foreshadowing! (laughs) And because I've seen George's goddamn TikTok, I was like, oh. So while we're getting all this backstory, because, again, here's our sprinkling of plot, guys. So turns out Ellie's just got the bottle. Tyler goes running because apparently he is a fit daddy. He is just running, you know, to try and work off that energy. And he literally runs into Poppy. And they have this moment where it's, I would have fallen if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have been at risk of falling at all. And she's like, and yet I still wouldn't change a thing. Oh, my God, calm down. It's just gravity. So we then get to Poppy coming back in for another confessional the next day. Same day, next day. No idea. Time is Period of time. <laughs> time is irrelevant. It is. Anyway, so she's in the confessional and she is very much giving poor little rich girl vibes. Yeah, she, she was born into yeah. a really wealthy family, had a private school education, attended a very fancy college and got her degrees, but she gave all of that away to go find herself away from her rich family. And then she ends up becoming a spicy accountant for rich men. Yeah, it's an exclusive club where men needed women that looked rich. <laughs> like, yes. That wouldn't be me. I don't want a poor girl dancing for me. And it's like, honey, those strippers are earning more than you. Yeah, literally. Fuck, fuck, love the hustle. If I tried to strip, you would be extremely disappointed. <laughs> no, hey, extremely. I have no I'm, coordination, no. grace, or no. rhythm. No, I'm all about her finding herself and experiencing that sexual side of her. But I'm not sure if we were meant to feel sorry for her. I didn't know. I'm like, do I feel bad that you were the poor little rich girl that that wasn't treated properly by your family, but but you were given everything that you wanted. Uh, and, and, and your privilege and, and mm, 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 I don't know yeah. didn't know 
part of that is we get this quote where she's graduating and she's like, I looked at my parents and I finally realized what they saw when they looked at me, another asset, another folder in the portfolio. Although I can appreciate that again, it's kind of like you're rich. So in amongst this, Tyler's freaking the fuck out. They break for the confessional and then when he's trying to avoid her, they basically bump into each other again. There's a lot of meet cute moments and we find out that not only was she dancing at this club, she was helping like run the books essentially because she's actually got the education. She's business savvy. She doesn't just have an ass. She's more than that. And I love that versatility. I wish I could say the same. Yeah, not relate either. Done with a fucking post and flat (laughs) as a literal brick wall. Yep, relatable. So then Poppy's bother, they basically have this summary that like they're trying to fundraise because the church needs a renovation and Poppy's like, well, I got business savvy. I will help you. And he's like, fantastic because I want I want her at everything. I want to see her everywhere. His dick is at the steering wheel. There's no saving him now. We have this comparison of Poppy trauma versus Tyler trauma because they're having these one-on-one meeting type things and she's talking about her rich girl trauma and he's like, well, my sister fucking killed herself. So while they're doing this little confessional in this little like one-on-one meeting room, which definitely not a good idea, Tyler. You're already trying to hide your raging boner. You're not succeeding. And she's literally, she's talking about what she liked about her job. I love that I made them hard. And he's like, oh, my God. The quote is, I nearly choked, my mind fracturing into twin minds, one determined to see this meeting through with grace and compassion and the other determined to let her know how hard she made me. I cannot throughout this entire scene where they're, like, sitting across from each other, <laughs> trying to be all put together and, oh, my God, yes. And we follow that up with her trying to talk about how She didn't fuck any of the guys. She would strip for them. She would even wank in front of them, but no one could touch her. That was kind of like the thing. I just, I can't. So they go on, she's going into more detail and she goes, but it wasn't the same getting myself off. I wanted to be fucked, fucked and used. I want to be filled with someone else, someone's dick. I wanted to have fingers in my mouth and in my cunt, in my ass. (laughs) and then there's she took a breath i on the other hand couldn't breathe me neither me neither when she said that i was like dear fucking god i'm definitely not 100 percent (laughs) straight there ain't no way in hell i am because holy shit (laughs) and then then he's like you know what i think that's enough confession for today i've got another meeting um but and um minute she leaves he's like lock the door wank at the desk <laughs> and it's like it's like he's a monologue he's like fumbling with his belt he's like oh god shit shit he's like i need to get it out <laughs> god and the quote here was here i was dick in hand come all over my liturgical desk calendar and a picture of saint augustine looking at me reproachably <laughs> from the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a quick side note saint augustine the famous quote is Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. And I spent probably 10 minutes trying to work out what the fuck that meant and whether or not it was relevant to this. So I just decided to say it anyway. Faith is to believe what you do not see. Being. Mm -hmm. Yep. That, like, you know, if you believe in God, you can't see God. Mm -hmm. That's faith. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. So be led on the right path. Kind of. So then, like, if you are trying to believe in God and you have faith in that, you then, it's like if I believe that chocolate is amazing, I will see chocolate everywhere. So it's manifesting. 
manifesting essentially. This guy is like sitting there with his fucking rose quartz crystal. Manifesting. He's right, like Poppy's okay. vagina. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> <laughs> so we follow this up with basically a meeting to go over money and stuff for fundraising and all important, well thought out plot points. And Poppy's like, I'm guessing I didn't teach you a lot about spreadsheet formulas in Latin class. And Tyler just drops the casual, I was usually busy in the other kind of sheets. I know. And he was so casual about it. And I was like, Father, you can't say that. <laughs> no. But then we're back in the confessional booth. We're jumping back and forth. And Poppy's next confession is we hear about Sterling, essentially, which was her essentially high school boyfriend that broke up with her, cheated on her, all that. And he comes into the club and sees her. He's married, but that's not a problem in this scenario. I'm twitching saying that. And he's basically like, I couldn't have married you because you are built for sex. And I'm like, can't relate. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sterling comes out with the whole, you know why I didn't marry you, Poppy? It's not because I didn't want to be married to a Dan Forth. God knows that your family and your money and your brains, on paper, you would have been the perfect wife. But we know better, don't we, Poppy? Deep down, we both know that you're a little slut. Yes, with a perfect background and a perfect education, but you were made for being a whore, Poppy, not a wife. And from that moment onwards, I was like, I will fucking kill this man. If I saw this man face to face, I would 100% stab him in the face and then walk away without even batting an eyelid. So while we're getting all this spicy content about Poppy and Sterling, we have basically he he decides they're going to fuck. And you know what? The quote is literally, it was a command and Lord help me, I've always responded to commands. Jesus. Literally. And then they're fucking and it's literally the next quote is, um, I felt the cold metal of his wedding ring against my hip. It was degrading and terrible and I came almost immediately and then I came again. Oh, my God. That is not okay. No. <laughs> not okay. Oh, my God. Doesn't Sterling just sound like a gem? Doesn't he? Mm. Take him home to mum. Take him home. You're named after a fucking town, you wank stain. <laughs> so Tyler's slowly losing the battle with his goddamn sanity and self-control. He is and not okay. <laughs> like, because Poppy's just straight up going into detail about how she likes to be fucked with the ragged, raw, hard, all the, all the R's. Tyler's like, how did it feel? And she's like, oh, how did it feel? It felt amazing. He's like, I meant emotionally. <laughs> She's like, (laughs) but then it's on she makes this like kind of comment about how she was feeling in that moment and it's fucking on she rushes out and he rushes out and he's like like has her basically blocked him with his arms and he's like now what were you going to say in in the booth and remember lying is a sin (gasps) it's kicking off oh my god and then he finds out that she's not even wearing underwear (laughs) she's literally like puppy i said dangerously did you come here without underwear? Was that on purpose? <laughs> yes, it was, Daddy. Yes, it was. <laughs> but also, doesn't she have discharge? He describes her like coochie as it's always wet. She's always very well lubricated. She is squelching. She's squelching. <laughs> she's squelching. She's moist. But it, then he's always describing it as like quivering. <laughs> Just yeah. imagine like a really bad Sesame Street puppet. Like... <laughs> and swollen. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, hello, and the kid. Hi. Oh, my gosh. 
I fucking really loved this scene, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I really well, did enjoy it. I suddenly it. wanted to learn piano. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much what happens is he tongue punches her fanny. <laughs> He did. He went, you know what? I'm still trying to trying to be celibate. I'm trying really hard. So you know what? What if I just go down on you? Then it doesn't matter. And he has all these like he's literally <laughs> equivocating. <laughs> George is in <laughs> He literally makes her come from going down in there with his tongue, you know, on her fanny, on a piano. Oh my it- god. And her she's like, Oh my gosh, no one, no one has ever done that to me before. And in his brain, Tyler's like, tongue fucked her in a church? <laughs> it's over a piano and it's her until she can't stand anymore. Like, he's so like, what? Really? He's <laughs> oh, but but then he also comes out with that fucking line about, I'm sorry that no one's taken care of you like that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? You couldn't take care of me. You couldn't mm. take care of me. <laughs> but literally, also side note in this, once he starts actually physically getting close to her, why is he so invested in the fact that she smells like soap? <laughs> no idea. No. Cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> oh, my God. So we follow this whole moment up with, apparently this is why abstinence teaching does not work because he's gone down on this woman once and he's like, I wanted to marry this woman or collar her or cage her. I wanted to own her, make her, take her. I wanted us on the old carpet forever with her hair coming undone and her nipples hard and a naughty, naughty pussy milking my dick for everything it was worth. And he, I'm like, what do Naughty, naughty pussy. He wants to put her in a cage. <laughs> so while we're having this whole moment, we pretend for a whole minute that this man of faith is like still going fine. Tyler's whole internal monologue about how they are the most elemental and fundamental forms. And it's like, boy, you've just orgasmed for the first time in, in a couple of years. You're fine. It's just coming. It's just coming. But there were some weird parallels here with what happened to his sister. So there's the quote, I'd gotten away with it after he had fucked Poppy. Tongue fucked. Tongue, tongue punched her. Cunt. Tongue punched her. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah weird parallel this whole book i was comparing the religious sexual abuse your sister went through through the church mm. and tyler's shame and feeling about about having sex with poppy all over the church basically i'm mm. just like was that the intention where we meant to be drawing parallels between what happened to his sister and now what he's doing in his position or is it meant to be rewriting the history because it's consensual adult sex versus with child sex i think that was like i think in his mind he's got the guilty conscience I think it's like him feeling constantly guilty that he might be taking advantage of someone who is ser- like soul searching, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So he, yep. he's in a position of power and he is then taking advantage of someone who may not, he, I mean, she wants it. You know she wants it, but he is obviously in that yeah. sort of one where he's like, what yeah. if she doesn't? What if I'm... So we go through this and then we also go into the next bit where he's obviously, like we're saying, he's having this internal dialogue where he is really struggling with the, have I done the right thing? Have I overstepped? Have I done the wrong thing? And it's very stressful for him. Hmm. But we have this sentence where he says, setting aside the fact that I had enjoyed my share of consensual sex in college, consensual, but not always normal, mind you, I had a firm theological belief in the importance of human sexuality. I just wanted to highlight this because I love this. This was everything to me. I love the idea of religion teaching people to know their bodies to find themselves and to actively control and be aware of their own power through sexuality because a lot of religion is abstinence, don't touch, except for the fact that when you get married, your wife is meant to give you everything you've ever needed and be your porn star. And I hate 
that side of religion. So the thought of someone in a position of authority and power promoting that type of education was really fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that as well. It's just interesting then that his first reaction to the post-tongue fucking is to punish himself. Both That's what religion does to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. It teaches you to punish yourself for having things you want and fulfilling your desires because you're meant to believe that somehow your body and your sexuality is dirty. And I could get up on a soapbox about how we shame children from a young age. Like, you know, my nephew is like nearly two right now and he's touching his dick because it feels good. He has no concept of sexuality. He's fucking two, not even. Mm -hmm. And I'm having to take the conscious step of not freaking out because I've seen my fucking nephew, like he's just playing. And then just I've got to try and control my reaction because I don't ever want him to associate his body with shame. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Religion teaches shame. And I hate shame. So welcome to my TED Talk. No, I agree with you. I'm 100%. So we meet Millie, who's like this 100 and something year old woman. Mm-hmm. That's just been, I love, love Millie. Her. And she's calling him out on the same shit we are right now. So she's noticing these, this little tension between him and Poppy. And she's like, you're a young man. You're a man. You have urges and desires and the quote is you could choose not to flagellate yourself over this I've lived a long time and a man and a woman wanting each other is by far one of the least sin- sinful things I've ever seen preach then we have this moment which again like I'm gonna get real preachy with this I'm so sorry we got religious trauma over here um <laughs> one of the things I hate the most in religion in general is this concept which is basically summed up beautifully in this next quote it's it's a quote from the bible and it's I do not understand what I do for what I want to do I do not do but what I hate to do for I have the desire to do what is right but I cannot carry it out what a wretched man I am it's giving me boys will be boys mentality like oh god I want to do the right thing but I just don't and oh it's so sad and it's not like that conflicted I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm fucking it up and I'm trying to figure it out the right way it's very much giving me trying to just be like oh gosh what are you gonna do slipped Mm. and fell yeah can we have a moment about religion so I'm struggling at the moment with religion particularly I used to think I was well I wasn't raised Catholic I went to a private Catholic school for my primary schooling but my parents were atheists yeah and I had to cop the religion aspect of that I took communion did all the things but I'm not religious so when I went to a public high school I became atheist growing up now I think I'm maybe just agnostic I don't really know I like the thought of it but I just don't know now I am in the position of my parents where I need to pick a school for my son but the other private schools in my area are all religious based and we've just had this massive news story recently with the school in Brisbane who made their year seven students sign a contract this school basically gave their students a contract that stated that they would not sin against God by being um they needed to stay their assigned gender basically so completely discriminated against exactly right and everyone is completely outraged by that but a lot of parents were like no like I didn't realize I was sending my kid to a school like this but I'm thinking that that's what you do when you commit to a private school that's based on a religion. You're subscribing mm-hmm. to that religion. I was going to yeah. say, you know. My backstory is that I was raised Christian. So I was a youth leader and part of that was when I met my abusive ex. I brought him to church. He became a youth leader alongside me. I'm a very spiritual person now. I don't count myself in religious in any way, but I do believe in other things. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because I have experienced things and part of that led into the way he abused me. So I believed he could 
experienced things like I could and he told me that I was possessed. He told me that the books I was reading were from the devil and that I was wrong and I was corrupt and he would do this while he sexually used me and in public preaching purity, all these good things that he was a man of God while he abused me. He had such a control over me Mm. that I believed him. In private, I tried to to punish myself for leaving him and doing all these things to him and I would go and tell him and he would say, you should try harder. (gasps) That can't. And while he was abusing me, he was on stage at church every Sunday preaching. (sighs) Fuck him. It was so I'm obviously very strongly minded about religion because I was raised in my parents still very religious, but I do not. I believe I'm a spiritual person. I believe there's other stuff and that's kind of it. And I believe in a God, but I don't subscribe to religion because like Tyler in this book, I have learned that religion is often a way for people to hide their abuse of others and the way that they can get off on power dynamics. That is why I'm so fucking terrified about making the wrong decision. I don't want to pigeonhole him. Like (laughs) these schools have got such amazing opportunities for a lot of other things, like a lot of sport and a lot of stuff I know he'd be interested in. And I want him to experience that, but I don't want that to be a sacrifice of Mm. all of this shame and guilt culture that religion brings with it. Yeah. And I, yeah. So that's. I have never, ever, like, my family is not religious in the slightest. Not mm. at all. Neither. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been brought up in something like religious. So I've never had the yeah. thing like, I believe in a God. Do I believe in the afterlife? I've never experienced anything to suggest that it's there. I have hmm. been hunting for ghosts. <laughs> I hunt. <laughs> I do. Every birthday I go out with my little torch and go to a haunted place and we try to find ghosts and I've never experienced anything. But that doesn't, and I'm not I'm not one of those people, I'm not a skeptic. I, I haven't hmm. experienced anything, therefore I can't be like, I 100% believe in it. Am I open to anything spiritually? Absolutely. Hmm. But I just, again, I went to a, I went to a Catholic high school and I remember absolutely nothing of the. I, so my thoughts on religion is that religion is a man-made adventure invention. Mm-hmm. It's man's best attempt to try and explain something. And over history, over time, that story has been written so many times by historically men in power. So it's biased. It has been changed. So I, that's why I don't subscribe to religion in general because no. they were still putting him up on a pedestal at church. And when I no. left the church and stopped going because of what was happening, um, I literally had people from church showing up to when I worked at Target trying to pray for me while I was working. Of course, I'm hanging clothes, Margaret. Right. As if you were, you're like, oh, as I literally said, I'm hanging clothes, Margaret. I'm, I'm literally, I'm sizing. And she's just like following me around trying to put hands on me. And I'm like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You oh don't have time for this. <laughs> There is a difference between spirituality and religion. Yeah. 100%. I, if Fully. someone tried to put their hand on me and pray for me, I think I'd just try to bite their finger off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do me. I don't expect me to be what works for you. That's no, good. You do you. Nah. We didn't do anything with our kids when they were born. I'm just like, no, you can go to hell. I don't care. <laughs> You're born in sin. As far as I'm aware, hell seems like a good place. There's a lot of hot demons. So, <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah, there is. If I'm not going to hell, I'm just. What you going to do? <laughs> Shall we continue? Yeah. That was a big segue. So Tyler has a moment with God while he's trying to reconcile himself. His orgasm has really changed him as a man. (laughs) 
he's praying and he says he feels God. He has this moment where he feels complete peace and all of that and he feels like someone's there. And I'm being like, where's Poppy? She want to fuck again? But apparently it's God. Yeah. And then he has this moment where he's like, there is life after fucking up, after all, even for those who have lived without fucking. Then they're having, again, they have one of those moments where they bump into each other or they're talking and he has this moment where he's like, her smile stayed but her eyes changed into cold shards of green and brown and I suddenly appreciated what a weapon she would have made in a boardroom or on the arm of a senator. She can be a weapon on her own. Exactly right. Or she could be the senator. Yeah, she could be the senator. Fuck you. Fuck the patriarchy. This man mm. needs to have more orgasms so he can appreciate feminism more. True. True, true, true. Selfishly don't true. work. Abstinence don't work. New. Everyone, if there's one message you take from this podcast, just go fuck. Just go fuck. Honestly, grab your book. Grab your book. Grab your book. Grab your priest. Fuck him. Just fuck him. Just fuck him. Yeah, consent. Consent is king. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, how of the pussy though? You likely if you just that'll probably karma. This this whole <laughs> book wouldn't have happened if he just fucked earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so they end up having this argument, um, and that's when her eyes are like weapons and whatever. What happens is Sterling actually ends up calling her. Yeah, so they end up having this fight. It's because Sterling left a voice message on her phone. Father Bell's like, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna talk to him, are you?" And he's trying to be all like, "You're not actually gonna, you're not considering this." And she's like, "Uh, whatever I choose to fucking do, it ain't none of your business." Which I'm like, true, but they have this argument, and then they leave. It's on bad terms. They avoid each other. Next minute, it's three a.m. and it's the thunderstorm. And Poppy, there's a knock, knock, knock at Father Bell's door. Father Bell's like, what's This is how porn starts. Yes, it is. Yes, this is the porn. I know, Father, I'm wet. Yes, indeed. Uh, So he goes to the door and Poppy is standing there in the rain with a little top on with her nipples up. And um, he's on high alert. Yes. And so in that moment, his internal monologue, again, because I enjoy his internal monologue. <laughs> and then I came back to myself for a terrible moment. I wheeled between two impulses, shutting her out into the rain or shoving her to her knees and making her swallow my cock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Indeed, you could. I would, yes. <laughs> Side note. Why is she wearing red lipstick at 3am but no bra? I'm not going to lie. All the descriptions of red lipstick, I was like, that's tacky, that's cheap. I'm not about it. I know. No. I don't like red lipstick at all. That doesn't, to me, speak expensive-looking woman. Mm. It speaks, no. It just it speaks annoying. It speaks you have to reapply that shit all the time. It's high-maintenance. High-maintenance. No one likes it. <laughs> no. One no. Likes it. So we have this moment where he's being like, oh, no, I took advantage of you. I'm so sorry. And she's like, hold the patriarchy. I'm not into it. And her quote, I was actually like, yes, queen, giving me everything because it's I'm not a blank slate for males to exert their agency on. I chose to sleep with Sterling. I chose to let you go down on me. I wanted those things and you don't get to tell me that I didn't. You don't get to tell me that I was nothing more than an unwilling bystander. That is what we want. I did cackle during this next scene because, again, Tyler is a man with getting high blood pressure. He is stressed. <laughs> stressed. 
<laughs> he needs to go on that flora low cholesterol butter. He needs the flora. He needs the flora proactive. Someone get this man some flora. <laughs> She's stripping and he's still kind of keeping it dressed because that's part of his kink because there's oh. no bigger turn on than having a naked woman climbing all over you, purring at your feet and squealing in your lap all while you were fully dressed. And, yes, I recognise that's also fucked up in terms of feminism and all that. I'm sorry. I just also, love it. He's like, I'm sorry. But also, you'll get your pants dirty. Yeah, there'll be cum stains. Hey, he doesn't. He does not mind. He does He's got a hanky for that. Oh, not the hanky. No. Look, we find out in this moment that Poppy likes it fucking rough. And this takes just the tip to the whole new meal. It's the it's exact meaning of what it actually is. And he's going to die. I think we're all thinking it. He's yeah. going to die right here with the tip of his penis inside Poppy's vagina. 100%. This it. is his cause of death. It's, it's done. It's on the tombstone. Right it on the tombstone. We don't How much the is the tip? Like, I'm thinking literally the head of the penis. <laughs> and he's like lining it up and he's like, oh, fucking shit. And he just. <laughs> so he, I mean, he says it, but it's true. He's like, I just wanted to feel it once. Only once. Shit. I sounded like a teenager. And I'm like, at least you are self-aware yeah. of every yes. teenager being like, if I just poke it in, it's not really sex, right? <laughs> also, bit of a red flag. He's so aroused by just the tip that he has this internal monologue of, I would have killed to feel it. I would kill somebody right now if, if it meant I could have my dick inside this woman again. Ooh, that was murder. unnecessary. Murder feels I like a sin. I very much enjoy it. Georgia, one of your <laughs> eyes literally went, ooh. Just... My, there's like two conflicting arguments, both of my eyes. They're like, ooh. <laughs> and then we follow that up with, like you said, he's literally going to die because his, little, his internal monologue is, she was going to kill me, death by turn on, death by perpetual erection. Oh. Oh. I'm oh dear. My most slightly concerning thing here is that he instinctively traces across across her forehead afterwards like a blessing. So they've, they've, they've finished up and he's like, little lamb, off you go. Go prosper. Jesus. Fuck off. That feels wrong. <laughs> go, my child. <laughs> Come, my child. Amen, indeed. <laughs> that joke came out and then it was unsettling. It was, indeed. <laughs> steamroll pops. Poppy then returns to the church to have Tyra teach her how to pray. She asks him not to judge her and he says, I'm Catholic, judging is my thing. And, well, isn't it just there, isn't it? Right. Yes. I love this man's self-awareness. I know. And they have this moment where, like, Poppy experiences God. I don't know. It's a whole moment. We're just going to skip past that because George Daddy Bell. Crazy Jesus. Crazy. Crazy. Father Bell is falling in love with this pussy and he thinks it's more than that, but really it's just the pussy. Power the pussy. <laughs> and he's they have this moment where I was like, look, this is getting me on my like all my romance vibes because he's like, I can't stop myself. I'm sorry. At the same time as she said, I tried to stay away from you. Yeah, and then it's like Fuck. <laughs> they they pull apart and they're like, no, 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 okay, stop. Walk me home. And then they do this, they have this moment in the fucking trellis. <laughs> where he's like, I'ma just take a bang you real quick. <laughs> hold on, hold on, face the tree. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look, turn away. Okay. Hello! Everyone, we 
guests. Claire has joined us. Oh, darling. Also, um, live reaction for Claire about to hear some things for a book she has read. Oh, yeah. Claire. No, Claire's read some parts of it. I did make her in the lunchroom read the most graphic quote out to the entire stuff. My favourite quote. I enjoyed it. (laughs) On that note, Ellie. On that note. We were so close that we were sharing breath, literally. Fucking no. One of my immediate no moments. I cannot stand that. Just someone like right in your face and you're sharing their hot breath. When I, like even cuddling, I need to have like a pocket of fresh air that I can breathe so I'm not breathing in someone else's breath. Cannot cope with that. Take it away from me. Get the fuck out. Daddy Tyler. I'm not no. a cuddler. I'm not a toucher. I, I'm, I'm only like, you want to fuck? All right, let's fuck. If not, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> so here we fucking go. I'm not kidding you when I say Daddy Bell's filthy mouth could literally kill a fucking child. <laughs> it could literally just. He's I'm not pro life. <laughs> you just, you just stop with the pro life jokes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you though, it fucking could. <laughs> not only do we have his filthy talk, we also then have phone sex. Which I'll here for. This, I swear to God, this author was just like, okay, what are the boxes? Um, filthy talking, um, piano fucking, uh, finger banging, tongue, uh, phone sex. Like she's just ticking boxes here. Then we have um, a religious experience. So the phone sex happens because Poppy's away for work and then she comes back. And then not he, the he comes on her back and then. <laughs> not the altar. Am I your sacrifice tonight? Are you offering? I'm she sorry. literally laid out like a spring fucking. Tied <laughs> <She's laughs> up like a rotisserie. <laughs> Just me, daddy. And fuck me. This fucking quote. And this is it. This is the rotisserie chicken. I trailed one hand along her stomach as I walked around the back facing the sanctuary as if I were beginning the communion rite, except instead of the body of blood of Christ spread before me, (laughs) I had Poppy Danforth, which, like, quite the feast there, son. Which also, again, consent is king because even if he's about to rip into this chicken. This is what I want to do. Do you want to do this? I need to hear the words. I need your verbal, moderately enthusiastic consent because you're also really funny. And then um, we have this moment where it's, this is your body. This is your blood. This is you giving up for me. I'm not giving up my blood for you, Tyler. Fuck. I'm so stressed. Okay. Now we have another immediate no moment for me. I heard her choke as I hit the back of her throat, but I only gave her a minute before I pushed in again and again. I'm sorry. The fuck? My gag reflex could never. The fucking end of this entire situation when they finished and all she says is amen. <laughs> Look, at least the aftercare is there. He uses the cloth he uses of a church to wipe the cum off of Poppy. It's a lot of wiping of, and then he keeps them as like safekeeping. Is that yeah, he's like, oh, look, a souvenir. So they fuck again. 
and they want to keep fucking. They're both very clearly think that they love each other, which is fine, even though it hasn't really been that long. And I don't really know what kind of connection they actually fucking have besides fucking like animals, but that's fine when you know you know. Um, and he opens up to her about the day that he found his dead sister. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's terrible. That's it. <laughs> Okay, so turns out when he found his sister, he got down and out of the. Oh, I can't. I can't. How are we meant to be serious about his suicidal sister when they're just fucking on an altar? Yeah, no. We're in the garage. um, We've flashed back. We're telling telling Poppy about Lizzie. So it turns out when he found his sister, he cut her down, which I mean, well, I've known people who's cut down dead bodies before and it's not one time. He's cut her down and. He's gotten on his hands and knees, and as he's trying to like grab her, <laughs> stop it! No, in that way, she's dead, and it's his. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I just can't pull it together. It's so oh, hard. It's the whiplash. I don't mean to be laughing, but my, I cannot. I don't know how to cope with feelings. <laughs> okay, okay. George, don't look at me. He smears grease on his dead sister's face when she's deceased from and his mum tries to clean her up and she can't so now he's like a neat freak and a clean freak because he's like I dirtied her I soiled her and now he's like everything must be clean and I also now listen to Britney Spears so was, again Claire's really struggling <laughs> <laughs> what the actual fuck is going on <laughs> so after they have this moment where they're like in the bed post fuck bonding. Poppy then goes, You know what? No, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna avoid you because I don't want you to give up. I'm just gonna avoid you. So it's fine. So they have this moment and then they reunite and Tyler gets mad for a stupid fucking reason. He's like, It just feels like I'm risking everything and you're risking nothing and you're the only one who's walking away and it doesn't feel fair. Madhu, you're the one that chose to be a priest. Exactly. You're the one that chose the vow of celibacy. You don't get to be angry now that a woman is wanting to actually make you continue to do what you are currently loving doing and also wants to fuck you and you want to fuck her and it's consensual. Deal with your guilt. I don't have time for it. True. (laughs) So we get into another one of Poppy's confessions after that. She's like, I'm going to confess some more. And at the end of this lovely confession, she goes, so here's my final confession. I knelt on my bedroom floor like I was going to pray, but instead of praying, I spread my legs and fucked myself with my fingers, pretending it was you. And when I climaxed, I hoped to God that you would hear, you would be able to hear me calling your name. Jesus. God is probably like, oh, someone's pre- Oh my God. Christ, <laughs> 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 Oh my God. Oh, the shit that Connor's seen us do, though. He's on his own business, and this bitch is just. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So, from hearing that, Tyler goes, You know what would be great? We should wank in the confessional next to each other. And they go, Wait, we're just next to each other. Why don't we just walk out and go fuck each other? I'm literally crying. I'm laughing so much. I'm so sorry for both our audio listeners yeah. <laughs> and Georgia who's going to be doing the editing because <laughs> basically he he goes why stop at sex in the vagine we can go <laughs> we can go further than the vagine and I'm like you could go further and so he's like cash. God helps us go places we never thought <laughs> 
they go, is it sex if I put it in your butt? Is it? <laughs> so they have this moment where I feel like we've all got comments on this. He's like, okay, I'm going to fuck your ass. And he's like, there was no time to think about the logistics through, no time to even consider relocating to a more prepared place. And I'm like, this is, I'm so stressed hearing this because the one time you need a lot of prep work is if you are putting it in your butt. That's 100% right. <clears throat> one, arguably. The arguably, most. yes. Look, go on, go on, Georgia. This is my favourite. I think this might actually just be my favourite quote of all time forever and ever and ever. <laughs> because it just packs a punch. And that is, do you know what this is, Poppy? Sacramental oil is used for baptisms and ordinations. It's even used to anoint the walls of the church when it's built. I'm anointing you now. I'm sanctifying you from the inside out. You feel that? That's my finger fucking your ass. And in just a minute, it will be my cock. (laughs) Praise me to Jesus Christ. Who knew a priest using um, oil? Don't. Lubrication? Don't. They, it's, so they do. They do anal with sacramental oil and what the actual fuck is going on indeed. Yes. Okay. Oh Another immediate no for me. Immediately no. Do not put oil in places where they do not belong. Unless something has specifically been intended for that purpose, do not go sticking it in your anus. <laughs> Why is this not clear? You should have a label on the sacrament oil. Do not use what I know. Just do just not put where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're going to hell. God. <laughs> oh my god. General thoughts though about this scene is so obviously they are having anal. And although we're using products that are not intended for lubrication in your butthole, thoughts on this scene is that the actual process of the anal, there is a porn star called Riley who is um, a, an anal expert and she has she does education on taking it up the butt because that is her expertise. Mm. And part of going towards that direction of sexual interaction, should you want it, is associating rimming or touching of around or close to the butthole um, with pleasure. So it starts with gradual touches because obviously what you associate your butthole with is shitting. Pooing. That's where the poo comes out. That's Why are you putting things in there? It is an exit only zone. <laughs> so I'm concerned. When he was rubbing around it, I was like, this is the instructions. And so then... I love Brian is like, I've been doing my research in preparation for this book. Then also the slowly like so he does a lot of lubrication he slowly warms her up by associating pleasure by rubbing her clit while rubbing her asshole so that her body is getting the pleasure like reactions Mm -hmm. with that part of her body which you never would before which is part of it and then he also while they're doing anal he is slowly going in and out letting her adjust letting her settle he's checking in and then there's the aftercare as well it's actually hypothetically not a bad description of anal care if you take out the sacramental oil and take out your bean in his office in the church yeah, take out a couple of <laughs> issues. A couple minor things. Just remove them and we're fine. <laughs> Claire's regretting her choices tonight. A little bit. My mind's just like, going to, aren't priests meant to be, meant to be abstinent? Yes, yes that's where they are. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's having some conflicting issues with that. <laughs> Just a little bit. So then after that beautiful joining of Anus and Dick, he comes clean and tells her that he loves her and he gives her his sister's rosary beads as like a presentation of his love, which is a very nice and beautiful touching moment. But you've also only known this woman for like three weeks. So maybe don't give the dead And that fucked her in the ass, mate. <laughs> like maybe rosary beads, maybe anal beads, maybe that. <laughs> Dead sister's rosary beads of anal beads. Oh no, I did not mean those beads. I meant get a good anal bead. Oh my god, not on the beads that his sister used. That's right. Look, I want to put a plaster. I'm just so concerned. And then when Poppy discusses their relationship status and she calls it dating, he's like, Oh, so we're dating. And she's like, Well, I don't know what you call it when you fuck someone else's ass raw. But Father Bell, that's what I call it. This whole sentiment just makes me clench and not in a good way because rawness should not be associated with anything in any holes. You don't want to go in there, dry bone. It ain't going to feel good for no one. No. And that's what I that's what I took from it when she was like, you fucking raw. That's oh, what you want. Yeah, no, I, I definitely took it as he fucked her without a condom. So that's one. Of, okay, no, well, that's all right then. If that's what we're getting at, I'm okay with that. I'm, I mean, not for STD purposes, but no, not for. STD. I mean, if we're highlighting that, there's a lot of other things we can highlight. So we should just there is, there is. <clears throat> Basically, from this point, Tyler Bell, he's feeling very guilty, so he goes to visit another father, and his name is Father Brady, aka Jordan, and he's not very happy with him. He just walks away from him. He's like, absolutely not. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? What, what do you mean? And he's like, no, I'm not going to let you confess because are you ready to give her up? And he's like, what do you mean her? And Jordan's like, God told me, all right, we're bros. He told me that it's about a girl. <laughs> and he's like, and I know that you broke your vows, so you're not ready to give her up, so don't come and confess to me. No, no. And Tyler Bell's like, fair enough. It's flicks to the next chapter and he's lying in bed. Lying in bed, and then he's like, actually, I am a bit horny. And then he goes, wakey, wakey, and sticks his willy in her. <laughs> this, is a very, this is a very extremely problematic scene where Poppy is asleep. Mm. She is unconscious, and he just puts his dick on in there. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not necessarily a fantasy of mine, but... I wouldn't necessarily be mad at it. I know. I know it's weird. I know. But I've read some books where it's happened and every time I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I'd hate it. If I had to give a list of ways I would not like to wake up, being fucked is right on the top of that list. Yeah. um, Maybe like some lazy kisses, some gentle like shoulder rubbing massage to wake me up. No. Don't fuck with my sleep. Maybe give me coffee. Don't fuck. Immediate fucking no. Take your giant fucking penis and put it somewhere else there. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> oh, then we get into some more uh, daddy dirty talk. And oh, I'm all for it. I love it. This quote that comes out of his gorgeous, beautiful mouth. <clears throat> That's my girl. Use me to come. There you go. You're so fucking sexy right now. Come on, baby. Get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you guys to hear the audiobook for this this scene. Is it a man? Oh, that's a problem. And then Millie knows. She shows up and she's like, mate, I saw you going into the trellis, that trellis moment. I was I witnessed it. Things aren't good. 
keeping in your pants. He's like, well, fuck, and goes to church the next day. And guess who rocks up after Mass? Stirling. Not oh. the town, not to be confused as the city in Scotland, nor the Adelaide Hills suburb, the man. He shows up and he has images. Images. We have this extremely problematic moment where Sterling is basically doing a my dick is bigger than your dick and I have the dick of all dicks and Poppy will love my dick over your dick and it's like, well, probably if you're having to emphasise the need of your dick, there's probably some other things you're lacking there. And Tyler says... It's like the dude fucker in the ass with sacramental oils. Probably not. Probs not. And Tyler is committed to acting like he doesn't know what he's talking about until he busts out the photos of them kissing. Lucky it's nothing else. There's a lot of other content it could have been. But mm-hmm. Tyler does say, it's not a fight, it's a person. And Sterling responds with, it's a woman, father, soon to be my woman. Ooh. That's a hard pass. All right. Oh, God, here we go. Hold on. Use me to come. There you go. You're so fucking sexy right now. (laughs) It's sliding forward. Oh, wait. I reached out for her and found what I wanted. The tight little rim behind her cunt. (laughs) She pressed herself into the mattress as if trying to get away from my touch, but that wouldn't do. Wouldn't do at all, because I had plans for that part of her that extended well beyond what one fingertip could do. Are you saying no? She bit her lip and then shook her head. Not a no, yes. Then give me your ass. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyway, so yeah, fuck Sterling. He's a fucking fuck. Fuck him. Insults Poppy. And like the feminist ally Tyler is like, she does not need you to defend her honor, Tyler. But then the Irish Tyler is like, Fuck this fucking cunt. <laughs> Fuck this guy. So Tyler ends up working out that Poppy has run back to Sterling because it was sort of like, is, he, is she going to go with him? Is she going to go with me? What's the situation here? And he works it out that she's gone with Sterling. So another immediate no moment for me, this time brought to you by exercise because Tyler tries to exercise and drink himself into oblivion and chooses to do so at the same time. So he's having squeaks of whiskey in between, like, sets. Is that what they're called? Muscle reps? Things. Things where you lift shit. And when I tell you I could never, could you imagine, like, the burning of the drink and then the, 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 the lungs with the exercise? Ugh. We followed that red flag up with this next red flag, which is while he's drunk and she appears and they're getting naughty as they do, he has this moment where he says, I should warn her that I've been drinking. I should warn her that I'm angry. And I'm like, yes, yes, you should. Points for effort that you recognise that you're actually fucked, but also very stressful, this whole scenario. And then he basically, to punish her, uses her as visual stimulation and has her basically bent over in front of him while he wanks and then she's really salty because she can't get fucked. And then he also has this really concerning thought that is if I fucked her hard enough, I'd pound the memory of Sterling right out of her. I'm not sure if that's how it works. Yeah. That's concerning. And then we just, again, with the whiplash in this book, you know, got to have the plot. Um, That's right. They have this moment where it's like, maybe it wasn't the celibacy gene. Maybe it's just that I was always waiting for you. <laughs> Poppy is absolutely like, she has a better reaction. Than, we're sitting here laughing at that. 
panicking moment, Poppy doesn't have that reaction. She pulls over the car at an alarming speed and then they make out in an alleyway. It seems very good for her. I'm very stressed. <laughs> I'm going As to another be- person on the road, what the fuck are you doing? Indicator. <laughs> but this next scene, it is so fucking hot i will die happy reading the scene poppy goes i know what will make you feel better if i take you to my private sex club and exclusively perform for you in a blue wig i don't think the wig was necessary but here we are she likes the fantasy that he's a client she's just a i also don't get how a blue wig works with the expensive vibe because i'm just imagining like (laughs) katie perry yeah yeah oh no (laughs) Whilst this scene was quite a turn-on for Georgia, I have another immediate no moment, and that would be fucking her throat like I fuck her pussy, hard and without apology, and she deserved it for being such a brazen, shameless tease. You like that? I asked. She was breathing carefully through her nose, and she couldn't speak, so I talked for her. Why? Just. Is she a puppet? Why is that necessary? No, I do not like that. Would you like a fucking eggplant repeatedly shoved in and out of your mouth until it was touching the back of your throat while I pulled your hair and asked you questions? No, you would not. It's not the <laughs> questions part, but everything else is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me while you do it. Don't even look at me. When, you, when you're at the dentist and they ask you a question, you're like, huh? <laughs> do you I want also... me to bite your dick off? That's what's going to happen. You ask me a question. I absolutely like cackle though because Tyler's fucking done. He he's like she's looking up at me from under her, her lashes in a way that was utterly fucking debilitating to my ability to form coherent thoughts. Again, someone say this to me before I die, please. Brianie, my funeral, please. <laughs> and I want you in that moment to imagine me when I'm looking up at my eye in under my eyelashes in that moment when I'm like it's tricking (laughs) anyway and there's another quote he's describing her for JJ (laughs) it was wet and enticing rose colour in the dim blue light of the room the colour renaissance painters should have used to paint the light of heaven that's such an interesting way to describe a vagina (laughs) (laughs) there's a renaissance painting Sam is my vagina renaissance painting Repeat that for the audience, Bryony. Um, Sam believes that my vagina looks like a Jackson Pollock painting with a black light. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm missing If you had to name a colour of my vagina, what would it be? This is the new Would You Love Me If I Was a Worm? What type of painting is my vagina? Would you love me if I was a Picasso painting of my vagina? Look, after this, like Tyler's whole thought process is, again, just a whole ass mess. And this is why, again, abstinence teaching does not work because this man has had, like, almost an unlimited subscription to anal at this point and he's just, like, mowage. <laughs> Goodbye, celibacy. Hello, Emil. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. I need a wife. And um, let's bear in mind, we've known this woman for six weeks. 
The power yes. of the butthole. The power of the butthole. <laughs> the power of the booty hole. Now, only notes here, uh, as part of the mass that he reads out, which it sort of just exemplifies how little I understand of religion, despite the fact that I studied it for seven years. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you reseason it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what? That is someone's rewriting the Bible and they're trying to make a word count. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I think that in his brain, Tyler Bell is thinking, salt, come, salt, come, salt. <laughs> Look, this this next part is basically he's like, I am going to marry her. Fuck the church. I'm going to take Poppy as my wife. Fuck it. Fuck it right off. He calls the bishop and he's like, I'm going to leave a voicemail saying goodbye. I'm quitting to have anal sex with my wife. Bye. And so he doesn't have a ring, bless his beautiful cotton socks, but he picks her a bouquet of flowers and he's like, I'm going to give these to her. And in this moment, Sarah is describing the way that he's walking to her, his, her house and how and he's walking very slowly and it's very descriptive. And then he's coming to the front door and the door is unlocked. And I am like, Mm, something is going on here and he's like I'm walking up the stairs I am walking down the hallway I am getting to the door and oh my goodness she's laughing and there's Sterling Sterling is in her bedroom with Poppy of course and they're giggling and all of a sudden they're kissing and my heart actually broke oh that would be awful I was like, oh, that's terrible. Imagine literally leaving the fucking church and leaving your job for that pussy and that pussy's like, actually, this guy's married and I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So Tyler leaves immediately and he says that he's not going to look at his phone because he knew that Poppy wouldn't even call or text him because she never did when they fought, which... That is the worst feeling when you're waiting for someone to contact you and you're just staring at your phone waiting for them and they never call you. Yeah. Basically from that point, Tyler ends up confessing to Jordan and then he gets a call from the bishop and he's like, oh, shit, okay, okay. He's like, I'm sorry about what... The voicemail I I left quitting and he's like... Actually, doesn't really matter because there's these pictures that got released of you... And this woman kissing. And in this moment, he realizes that basically God has been ignoring the fuck out of Tyler for a while. And he hasn't been talking to him. And Tyler's like, what's going on? I thought you were mates. Are you mad at me? And he finally realizes that the reason why God was not talking to him was because he didn't want Tyler to leave the parish for God, Father Bishop, for Jordan, for Poppy. He wanted him to do it for himself. When he figures this out, He's like, is this what you want from me? And God is like, yeah, bro, that's it. (laughs) In that word too, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm just imagining like God in this book is just like a fraternity bro. (laughs) He's like. Like he's really high. He's like, do a keg stand on your way out. Yeah, bro, it's fine. (laughs) But also in typical uh, male faction, the only consequences that Tyler really faces from, you know, having pictures of him breaking his vow of celibacy and making out with one of his um, flock, if you will, with all the lamb sayings in this book, um, is that really the only thing he has to do is look at his life and make a choice about what he actually wants and he can't be a priest, which he doesn't want to be anymore. Mm. And then he becomes a meme about a hot priest. Yes. Good punishment. Mm. So then 
With all this newfound freedom, Daddy Bell decides he's going to go to Kenya on an open-ended mission trip to dig wells in some weird town. Nice. For the first time, running away to something rather than running away from something. But he still hasn't heard from Poppy and all he can think about is fucking Poppy. He goes, look, I can't have sex with this stripper anymore, so I'm going to go full missionary. Fun. That's funny. Thank you. I was proud of that one. That was a good one. And then we have this whole joke about him being a lumber sexual when he comes back a couple months later because he has a beard. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> Father Bill with a beard. Yes, please. Mm, yes. So he basically goes and he finds, he's like, you know what, I've been in Kenya or wherever the fuck I was digging wells and helping people. I need to go and get closure now. I need to find out why Poppy didn't choose me. So he goes and finds Sterling and Sterling's like, well, she didn't end up with me. Mm. I thought she was with you. And he's like, well, no, I thought she was with you. And he's like, oh, no, lol, what a good joke. Um, but I do have her address because I'm a sick fuck <laughs> and has been tracking her. <laughs> See, here's her address. And he tracks her down because that's, again, not creepy at all. Wow. Completely fine. And she's got a dance studio because she was like, I want to be a real dancer now. You Strippers are real dancers. Fuck the patriarchy. But we have this moment where he's like, God, the, the dance studio shut. I wonder where she could be. And he sees a church. <laughs> and he's like, I know a girl with a kink. So he runs to the church and sees her kneeling and praying in like her dancer's outfit. And he does this thing where he like quietly goes and sits behind her and then reaches for her and goes, Little lamb, <laughs> strokes her. And she's like, oh, Tyler. And she's she like, fucking oh. cries. She just pulls her eyes out. I would be like, oh, the fuck? <laughs> and then he has this moment where he's like, I still want her. I still love her. I still need to be with her for the rest of my life. And I want to say cute, but my body is telling me no, because he's still no. calling her a little lamb. Yeah. No. But, like, I did really find, like, this was, like, when they when they come together and they're like, oh, okay, he's like, she's like, I still love you. And he's like, I still love you. And then he says this quote, which is, if I never met you, I would have never really lived. Oh, that's actually very sweet it is very sweet but you know what's not sweet the fact that he then asked her to marry him on the fucking spot as soon as she says yes he unzips his pants yanks down her pants and then they're just fucking in between the pews in the church broad daylight just imagine you're like a tourist it's like oh this looks like a lovely church let's take some photos (laughs) he's going to be one of those photos and you're like is that a leg (laughs) Why is there a G-string on the floor? <laughs> like a big penis. Also, hang on, another immediate no moment. He says, I wanted to scrape the skin of her inner thighs raw with my stubble. Oh, that's unsettling. No, ref. No one wants stubble in and around their bits. She Just... doesn't need to exfoliate there. No. Chafing. Oh. facial hair. I want then... my facial hair disrupting my little, my little thighs. <laughs> As long as it's not rubbing and raw, like I don't want a fucking rash, but like just a little tickle, that's all right. A tickle is fine, but um, to scrape them raw. No, no. So then they get married because they're like, let's just do this. And they're literally fucking while people are coming into the church for their wedding. I don't get why her family's there, but for some reason her family's there. I think her family's there because they probably paid for it. Because remember, she hasn't suffered any form of trauma or abuse. She just had pretty privilege. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just going to leave you guys for a little while. But now I'm coming back and pay for my wedding, daddy. They're fucking. They fuck. And he comes in her, right? Okay. And then he takes his motherfucking, he takes a little pocket hanky that keeps in his little jacket pocket, right? He takes it out of his pocket and he wipes the cum off her. And then he goes, hmm, that's a nice little souvenir. I'm going to put that back in my jacket pocket. He put 
monkey back in his jacket pocket and what the actual fuck is going on? That is a hanky full of cum. <laughs> what? It doesn't belong in your jacket pocket before you get married. What? <laughs> so many levels. No. Oh, no. But then we're now in Poppy's point of view and she's contemplating their future together and she's thinking we will be creating a life together which is perhaps the most godlike thing any human can do and I wonder as we dance under the gentle May sky if we will have a son maybe he'll be a priest too why would you say that <laughs> we've just spent this whole entire fucking book sexualizing daddy Bell, and now you're thinking of your hypothetical son becoming a hypothetical priest that is all types of flavors of wrong. All right. I, I'm really questioning why she put that in there because it would have been all right if it ended not on that note, but it did end on that note and it made I would have been okay with like the, the fucking, the hanky, the hanky back in the pocket. I, there. I cannot get over the hanky. It's really disturbed me because I'm like, imagine just like now every time I see a pocket hanky, I'm going to be like, it's probably got cum in it. <laughs> did you fuck someone somewhere and then you wiped it and then you folded it up excuse me please give me your punk hanky so I can wash it thoroughly you got to steam it before you put it in the washing machine thank you very much imagine if he forgot and he's like oh I'm getting a bit emotional during the speeches <gasps> oh oh oh, and it's like, oh, oh, oh my face oh. <laughs> and that's the end of the book guys that's it yeah uh, thank you for sticking through this much. You've done a service to, to us all. Taylor Swift does have a song for this because, of course, she does. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it is called Don't Blame Me. Reputation album. <clears throat> Don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'd be using for the rest of my life. Quite fitting, would you say? Quite fitting. Mm. And Lord, then, save me. And baby boss. for you. I would fall from grace just to touch your face. If you walk away, I'd beg you on my knees to stay. Yeah, hey, you're a bit too close. Sorry, I need to go to bed. <laughs> oh, that's what we get. That's fucking it, y'all. And like, thank you, Sierra Simone, for giving us this book because I will never be able to step foot in a church again and not think about this. So thank you. You've just tied all of my religious trauma into a weird little bow there. Yeah. <laughs> Add it to my therapy bill. Okay, next week we are covering Kingdom of the Wicked, which we drew from our fishbowl last episode, if you're paying attention. Uh So we are now going to draw our next book from the fishbowl. It's very exciting. All right. (laughs) Why are you making this so much more difficult than (laughs) Bridge Kingdom? Oh, yay! What's that one again? I forgot. It's the one about the assassin and the, oh. yeah, this is Bridge Kingdom. Right. Bridge Kingdom's oh. after Kingdom of the Wicked. Cool. Is that part it, of the series? It is. It is. Cool. So we've got the Bridge Kingdom. We've got, it's the Traitor Queen. The Traitor Queen. But the other two, like this one ends on a very, it's like it makes you want to read the second book. Oh. Okay. Okay. We, like we might that. put the second book in after we finish reading, depending on how we all feel. All right, guys. I like that. Yes. Next week we've got Kingdom of the Wicked, but the week after that, Bridge Kingdom. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.